And this is Chelsea. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, a podcast on which we rewatch very special episodes of television from the past to see what they have to teach us today. Today, we are looking at Boy Meets World. Uh, if you can't be with the one you love, ellipses. Uh, this is season five, episode 18, originally aired March 6, 1998, and it was written by Gary H. Miller with Daniel Page and Sue Page listed as staff writers. Yeah, and you can watch the whole series on Disney+. Plus. Yep. Which, yeah, when we re- for episode three, when we rewatched Boy Meets World our last time, you could watch it on Hulu, but you can't get it there that anymore. That is not the case anymore. Um, yeah. Disney so, Plus. We're doing a show about you next. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is our second episode of Boy Meets World. Yep. And this we've talked about in the past. I watched this a lot as a kid. I did not watch this at all. I remember this episode. I remember watching this episode, if not when it aired shortly thereafter in syndication. Yeah. Um, Which is an unusual experience for me to be having recovered memories as I'm watching it. (laughs) Just like one or two lines ahead and being like, oh, I know what's about to happen immediately next. Yeah. I uh, felt that way too, but I had not seen the episode. (laughs) I think that's the, the writing's fault. Uh, can we do a quick, uh, you wrote what? Yeah, let's do it. You wrote what? Gary H. Miller, uh, wrote an upcoming episode that we are definitely going to do. Oh. Uh, it is Give Me a Break, Baby of the Family. Um, now I don't want to get into what that's about. Wait, which of the show, which, what's the show? The show is called Give Me a Break. Give Me a Break. Okay. The episode is called Baby of the Family. You can go look it up if you want. Uh, here's the synopsis, which doesn't give anything away. Seeking revenge because Nell won't let her go on a co-ed, co-ed camping trip, Samantha helps Joey prepare a song for Nell's church choir. Ooh. Join us in the future when we go over that episode and everybody gets super uncomfortable. <laughs> Jesus. It's not great. <laughs> oh, no. But it, it does star an adorable Joey Lawrence. Aw. Brother of Matthew Lawrence, who's yep. in this episode. Who's in this episode. It's, this is red string theory time, people, because this episode <laughs> connects to that. The episode we're doing next time. Yeah, it truly does. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's actors that they There was sharing. a limited pool of teen actors in the 90s is what we're running up there against. Were, there were a limited pool of Lawrence's in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, do we can we can we afford the one that says whoa? Whoa! <laughs> All right, let's let's afford the one with less floppy hair. Whoa. There it is. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. Give me a break, baby of the family. We're gonna get to that. Uh, I think pretty pretty All right. soon. Well, before we do that, let's talk about today's snack. Let's, Our first snack of 2020. Yes. Sorry in advance. <laughs> uh, the Levi Petrie Memorial Snack Time Hour, except he's still alive. Uh, if he wants to be associated with these snacks. Yeah. Uh, as part of my new year, uh, I am no longer eating sugar. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a big leap. It's a big leap. I'm proud yeah. of you. I feel like I want to take a big leap. Yeah. Off a cliff. <laughs> um, it's not been fun, but, uh, you know, it's it's definitely... I feel healthier, but a lot less interested in living. That's fair. (laughs) I feel like we are... I feel like I'm really going to hate the rest of my long life. No, we are going to have a great time finding the best sugar-free snacks that we can find. This 
isn't it. Um, <laughs> this, I, this, this is, is actually our, a... This is our first draft <laughs> of a sugar-free snack. <laughs> I've actually had these before. They're fine. I really, really love uh, sugar wafers. Mm-hmm. Just, you I know. I They cost Classic. a dollar, and you can eat all of them I like the strawberry in one ones. sitting. I remember when I was a kid, mm-hmm. when I was a chubby little kid. My parents went out for the evening, and it was just me. I don't know where my brother and sister were. Like and they had bought a half dozen packages of these sugar wafers, and like they were, you know, in rows. Like they were like separated. Yeah. Like there's a little plastic thing in each right. each that separated them into three different rows. There was some something where they said, "Okay, you can have some sugar wafers, but don't eat more than three of the rows." And I ate three packages <laughs> because I was like, yeah, I don't need more than three. And it was tough. I had, it was tough stopping at three packages of sugar wafers. Even as I'm sure I was just spewing vomit. Everywhere. I, was like, I can do some more of these. That's fine. Well, I'm excited to try the sugar-free alternative and see yeah, if they're these are These are Murray uh, is the brand sugar-free uh, vanilla wafers. Um, does Murray want to tell us anything else about this? No. no. They're like, you know what you're getting into. <laughs> Murray's like, thanks in advance for purchasing this. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's uh, let's give it a shot. 2020 right. sugar-free. Break my heart. Say you love me. Avoiding sugar? If you are, you may be making some sacrifices. Mm-hmm. But at Murray Sugar Free, we think the taste of a delicious cookie shouldn't be one of them. Yeah. In 1994, our master bakers figured out a way to remove our sugar. What? Master bakers. Your master bakers. <laughs> Go ahead, continue. Our master baker, Chef Boner, <laughs> <laughs> figured out a way to remove sugar from our cookies without sacrificing taste. So go ahead, try one of our mini varieties today and find out why, quote, You'll never know they're sugar-free, trademark. Hmm. Chelsea, could you tell these were sugar-free? Yes, but they weren't terrible. They weren't awful, but there is a weird, like... There's an aftertaste. Yeah, I feel like halfway through, your taste buds uh, uh, stop being tricked. And they're like, wait a second. Yeah, what are they actually sweetened with? I'm assuming just straight-up cancer. I'm going to get you some, um, next time, some Pamela's cookies, which are these, like... They're on the health food section of the supermarket, but they're really, mm-hmm. really good cookies. Sounds great. They fall apart in you're vegan, so like they fall apart as soon no. as you look at them. But if yeah. you just shove all the crumbs in your mouth after that, that's you're, what I would have done good. anyway. Yeah. You're not gonna tell me how to eat a cookie. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong, people at home. I'm taking the rest of these cookies home with me and eating them while crying. <laughs> <laughs> we should have done this one for the uh, no sugar sugar Hannah Montana. Oh episode. yeah, well. Then those fucking kids with diabetes would have shut us down and made us re-edit it <laughs> to be more, more. Then we'd have had to put out a separate French version. It would have been a <laughs> mess. Been a whole thing. No, hey, let's, no. let's stop talking about goddamn sugar and start talking mm-hmm. about a goddamn episode of television. Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about Boy Meets World. Catch mm-hmm. everybody up. The ordinary world of the show. Yep. In an ordinary world. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is a surprise to me. <laughs> Uh, Welcome to 2020, everyone. <laughs> the future is now. Miles has been busy. Welcome <laughs> to Hugging and Learning with Chelsea and the Bear. 
We're here in your drive time, getting you through the day. Fart noise. So. <laughs> Title of episode. So, so Boy Meets World ran for seven seasons from 1993 to 2000. Uh, it revolves around the Matthews family, which consists of parents Alan and Amy, sons Eric and Corey, and daughter not appearing in this episode. <laughs> what a clunky name. <laughs> um, C- Corey, for most of the series, but not right now in this episode, dates Topanga, yeah. who is extremely smart and driven. Um, they recently broke up. Corey's best friend is Sean, who comes from a troubled home, but is at this point in the series living with his half-brother that he just met. We'll get into that. Right. And their teacher mentor, Mr. Feeney, lives next door to the Matthews family and is sort of their backyard Yoda. So does he just keep advancing grades with them? Yes, until mm. they get to college. He doesn't go to college with them. No, he doesn't just sneak in. Hi, no. I'm Mr. <laughs> Smeeny. <laughs> in a wig. Like, screech let's, drag. Let's see, what's the topic today? Oh, Middle Eastern philosophy. Oh, okay, uh, <laughs> okay, I guess Well, uh, the Middle East is the <laughs> middle of the East. Like, he has to keep up right, with right. whatever they're taking. He's, like, studying at night before he it goes was, to school the yeah, next Yeah, I mean, day. fucking high school English is not a big deal, but now he's, like, you know, having to get Astrophysics. into... Astrophysics. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, black culture and studies. Okay, well, okay, yeah, let's do this. Seems like uh, not my thing, but Wakanda all right. forever. You've got it, Smeeny. Uh, Corey, Topanga, and Sean are all seniors in high school now, so they're probably, like, 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Corey's older brother, Eric, Sean, and Sean's half-brother, Jack who's played by the middle Lawrence brother. The middle Lawrence. All live in an apartment together. Jack and Corey are in college. Sean is still a senior in high school, but his dad wanted him to move in with his half-brother because they didn't grow up together and they don't know each other and they've been estranged. Wait, no, they're not, but they're all in the same classroom together. No, Eric and Jack are not in that classroom. Oh, no, I thought, I'm sorry, I thought you said Corey was in college. No, Corey and Sean and Topanga are seniors. Oh, boy. A lot of names going on. Yeah. But the the big thing you need to know for this episode is that Sean lives without parental supervision. Yep. He lives with his college-age brother and co- Corey's college-age brother uh, in an apartment. Andy meets overly complicated plot. That's what this is called. <laughs> uh, Sean now has a girlfriend named Angela. Mm-hmm. Who is played by Trina McGee. Trina McGee. Who is also in an episode of Family Matters called The Gun. I feel like I need to point out the fact that her last name is actually McGee since that's the last name you make up for people a lot. Oh, shit. So, uh... And Trina's also the name I make up for people. <laughs> this is a real name. Oh, my God. Trina McGee. I finally <laughs> met her. I'm always, um, I always think that Trina's the funniest first name and McGee's the funniest last name. Here she is. Yeah, don't don't think I didn't yell that a bunch of times while I was watching the gun. <laughs> Trina McGee's got a gun. Um, yeah, yeah, but, she was in a lot of stuff in the '90s, and then I not not much since that I've yeah, seen at least. Well, that's a lot of people in the '90s. True. Uh, the theme song is what you wanted your life to look like in the late '90s. It's like Reality Bites light home movie, yeah, fake home movie montage. Sure, it's it's cool that they got Jesse and the Rippers for this. <laughs> it's just. Half of the lyrics are Boy Meets World. Yeah. The other half are When the. Yeah. And it's a lot of just like, we're just hanging out. Oh, we're just goofy kids making goofy faces, hanging out on the street together. On, on a for, definitely for real for street. For real street. It is definitely real. In Philadelphia. In Philadelphia for real. For sure. It is 100%. 
Um, what they're they're hanging out next to Philadelphia's famous meat shop, <laughs> <laughs> right next to the candy store, Funtland. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the episode opens with Sean being bored at school, which is not a great change, but yeah. the biggest disruption in the ordinary world, and this is like. Right smack dab in the middle of a half season arc of the Corey Topanga breakup. Does it, how does, so it resolves at the end of the season? Uh, yeah. All right. So we're right in the middle of it. Corey, uh, just for, before this episode, for a little backstory, Corey went on a ski trip involving some club or something at school that Topanga's not a part of mm-hmm. where he kissed another girl. <gasps> oh no. And so then they broke up. Now they're, it's kind of like a trial separation. It's also high school breakup rules, which yeah. I was reminded of, which is we're breaking up, except we have all the same friends. We go to all the same events. I see you every we're day at sitting school. sitting right next to each other. We're going to talk every single day, yeah, but absolutely. we're broken up. I was kind of hoping that they'd broken up because on the last episode we did, I wore, I, I begged to beg to run away from run, Corey. Girl. Run, girl. It had to have had an influence. It, it I don't, had to have. I don't, you know, I look, I don't want to call myself a hero here, but. Right, but you know, tried. You gave it your best. You guys could call me a hero, I guess. Nothing stopping us. And you're a hero. Oh, there we go. Oh, then a no. hero comes along. So if Corey can get Chelsea to say it. I guess that's good enough for me. <laughs> so Corey and Topanga are broken up, uh, which is very bad for this ordinary world because they've been a touchstone of this series since it began. Mm-hmm. And Topanga, Sean says, is handling this breakup with dignity, but Corey can't stop crying. And Sean tells him he's depressing to be around, and no one wants to hang out with him anymore. Another big problem with these sitcoms and ones that that's really going to land here is it's funnier to make fun of somebody who has feelings than to tell them to address it. Right. And that's going to play in heavily to the the most problematic aspect of this episode, I think. But well, it starts out with being like, you're a bummer to be around because right. you cry a lot. And also, like, it's a bit contradictory because later someone's going to have a problem and the answer is going to be that you should talk to a qualified professional about it. So it's like, why can't we bring that logic into this scene? It should be running throughout, but it's just, you know, there's fucking gay panic in this episode, so... Well, there's a a homophobic joke. Gay panic is a legal defense. Well, gay panic is also a a trope reference for for things like this. Okay. I I do understand that it means both things, but gay panic is is an umbrella umbrella term for... You know, the the bad eye, the, the fucking negative reaction to, right. you know, the, the joke that it's like, well, gay people, uh, what if I become gay? Blah. Then you get to fucking hang out in a cool parade. That's what happens, dummy. That's what happens. Your parents kick you out, but parades forever. Gay panic. More like gay excitement. Gay panic at the disco. <laughs> Um, so... Yeah, I mean, if there's going to be cave panic, what's it going to be? At the disco. Yeah, so you wonder why they can't apply that logic to this. Like, there's an episode of Sex in the City which has a lot of problems of its own, but there is an episode where everyone is tired of Carrie complaining to them all the time, and they're mm. like, we're your friends, you need a therapist. Like, sure. we don't want to hear about this. Like, we can't help you any more than we have already helped you. Right. You need to talk to someone. Which is and also... I feel like that is a thing that doesn't uh, get said enough no. in terms of especially... Uh, dealing with people that are this age because there's this feeling of like, well, you're a teenager. Of course, you're emotional. Of course, you can't handle your emotions. Yeah, I mean, you're writing for... It's a family show, so you're writing for kids and adults, and it's adults writing, so they're mostly being like, boy, kids, they think this is the biggest problem they'll ever have. Right. Uh, So anyway... not, Not the 90s, where the biggest problem we'll have is... Bill Clinton, I guess. <laughs> yeah, which now seems like a, the halcyon days. I'm trying of your... to understand the Matrix, even right. after I've seen it a few times. That's um, what'll be. That's the trouble, kids. <laughs> Wait till you get a job and have to do that. 
there's a party tonight to which Corey is specifically not invited because, because no one wants to be around him. Yeah. It's Kimberly Sussman's party yeah. to celebrate her nose job. Which, quibble, hmm? if you have a, she's wearing bandages on her nose to the whole party, I yeah. guess, so you can identify her. If you're having a party to celebrate your new nose, would you not wait till the bandages wait. came you off wait. You wait. and then show off your nose as uh, opposed to, to fair, like, look, I put a bunch of bandages on my old nose, and which she's is what got, this like, looks like. And she's got like a bandage that's about the size of a breathe right strip, so. I also feel like this might be like, oh, clearly all the writers live in LA, because I don't know that a bunch of teens in Philadelphia yeah. are having nose job parties. There's a lot of, this is a lot of LA stuff yeah. here in LA. Who's going to validate this parking? Who's going to validate? There is a fucking honeymooners joke in here. He's like, <laughs> oh, something, something, Ralph Crampton. I'm yeah. Like, you can't. You can't. What the you kids, mean? you know the kids, they shoot horses, don't they? Kids. They all know that. They watch honeymooners, don't they? While they're shooting their horses? <laughs> After those kids come back from a long day of shooting horses, they want to laugh at the hijinks of the honeymooners. So Corey is, um, this is where we know the ordinary world is sick. Topanga and Corey are broken up and mm. no one wants to hang out with Corey, even Sean, his best friend. So we have yeah. a call to adventure. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Corey So said. wait, hold on a second. Let me try something. I've got some jazz research. I get it. So it's just Chelsea shit. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I'm coming in with the soundboard next time, and it's going to be full of all the things that I say. You wrote what? I'm going to get a... I told you you should make one for you wrote what? I'm going to get a legit sassy black woman to say that, and it's oh, going to be yeah, I fantastic. That. I was just concentrating on the hero's journey. It's fine. It's fine. You know, one step at a time. Looks like our ordinary podcast is sick. <laughs> our call to adventure is Corey saying... I don't like myself like this either. I don't blame everyone for abandoning me. I'm done with me. I'm done with I'm me. I'm done with me. I am good blah, enough blah. to be good for nothing. <laughs> and you say that, but there's just like the audience reacts a little bit. You can sort of hear it. The audience is a little, you know, yeah. super reacty throughout this episode. But then there's like sad clarinets and I'm like, dude, somebody help this kid. Yeah, yeah. I don't so, blame. I mean, like this would be a great time for you to go hit up Feeney for some advice. Sure. So we go to the uh, Jacob's Kimberly Sussman's party. The party, the special <laughs> world of the party. Yep. So Kimberly is uh, the hostess and she is upset when Corey shows up at the party because she didn't specifically didn't want him there. Yeah. Wrecking and he the vibe. says, I'm crashing your party. Yeah. And then he's like, you look like Bridget Fonda. And I had to Google and make sure Bridget yep. Fonda was like working at the time. And she was. Well, he makes a La Femme Nikita joke, a Bridget Fonda vehicle. Um you know, I'm sure. I'm sure this killed at Kids the time. Kids were into it, yeah. yeah. And he crosses, literally crosses the threshold into the party, as we've seen well, many times before. Crosses yeah. the first threshold while eating a mint, which is some some foreshadowing that you, you might as well just leave it, leave yeah. it alone. And then we flash forward, and Corey is the life of the party. Yep, but this is a lame-ass party, so <laughs> what are we doing? Corey is, like, holding court, telling a story. The whole room is eating out of his hand, and then he's dancing with two girls. Mm, poorly. And Sean's like, who are you, and what have you done with Corey the Mope? And the dancing is so bad. It's one of these things where I am sure there was no music playing. Oh, 100%. And they were just these poor teenage actors trying to dance to no music. Yeah. So you're yeah. not really, like, hitting your moves. You're just sort of swaying yeah. and, and moving different parts of your everyone's body. Everyone's playing a different song in their head. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's awkward. But Sean is like, oh, my God, you're the coolest version of Corey there's ever been. And it's another classic case of a very special episode making alcohol look like the best thing to ever happen to nerds. Again, I don't Because he's drunk, in case you haven't picked up on yeah. that. He's been drinking. Right. 
But no one notices that. Like, Topanga now shows up at the party, and she is the first and only person to notice something is off with Corey. Sure. But she doesn't even pinpoint that. She's just kind of like... Ooh, some you you look not okay, and he's like, "I'm great, I'm groovy." Da da da. You know who does think he looks okay is Kimberly Sussman. Oh yeah, who wants to get her brand new nose all up in that? She's shit. sus moving in on that. <laughs> what? And then Angela, who is Topanga's best friend, Sean's girlfriend, is like, "Yeah, no, you're not allowed um, to hit on," because even Topanga's like. Corey's free to do what he wants, and so are you. But that's not high school breakup rules. Mm-hmm. High school breakup rules is. If you make one move toward him, you're dead. Yeah, as Angela threateningly reminds her. So the next we go to the John. The John. The We're Kimberly always Sussman's in the John. John. Corey's in there, and he he says to us and toasts to himself in the mirror with a small bottle of what looks to me like spiced rum, but turns out to be whiskey. Oh, is it whiskey? Well, Great. Sean says whiskey, although Sean has neither smelled it nor had been close enough to read it at that point. Sure. So I wonder if Sean thinks all alcohol is whiskey. Yeah. Give me a can of that whiskey. Right. <laughs> Zima, that's my favorite whiskey. <laughs> also, it's worth noting here, he has had very, very little of this booze. Yeah, it's which a small makes bottle. It, so it's working. He's only had a little bit, and it's working great. So not only is it a good solution, but it's a convenient one, because you right. only have a couple sips. Yeah, and Sean knocks on the door just as Corey pops another mint in. Yeah, that's how we end Act 1. It is him, like, toasting himself. and. Yep. You know, drinking a little thimble full of booze. Right, and the audience being like, what? Oh. So, Chelsea, uh, I know m- me personally, I-, I can answer this for myself, but has drinking ever made you cool? Have you ever been like, man, remember that one time I was drunk and I was really on? I feel like if I have that memory, it's not accurate. You know what I mean? That's like, the thing. That's the big problem is you'll look back and be like, oh, no, I just thought that I was. That I was cool. Like, there's a difference between confidence and the ability to back up that confidence. Right. Well, say what you want about Full House, and we have. Mm-hmm. That episode where DJ and Kimmy go to a party and Kimmy gets drunk, at 100%. least at least they show what Kimmy thinks she was like and then what she was really like. Exactly. And which there's is, a contrast. Yeah, which is what you should do. Right. When you're, It shouldn't be Corey... You know, Corey's doing great. Corey's killing it. He is fucking. Later, he's going to do some quick math, which is not a thing you can do when you're drunk. No, uh, to he's answer not. That, he's perfectly physically coordinated as much as he ever is. The dancing is awkward, yeah. but he's not like tripping over stuff or running no. into stuff or knocking Slurring, people's drinks over. Drunk. Yeah, nothing like that. No. Uh, he's like he's, a highly functioning alcoholic. It's his a, first time at bat, and he's like, yeah, he's like, this is going. He's great. like a guy that pours whiskey in his coffee and like holds his job down. You know, yeah, he's like exactly. that's the level he's, he's operating he's, at. He's on a madman level. Right <laughs> yes, now. he is. Uh, and just to answer that question for myself, has drinking ever made you cool? For about five seconds in a bar once, I did a cool spin. Otherwise, it was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a madman meets world. Uh, yes. So, boy. So, uh, we move into act two, and all we know is that he's still in the bathroom, and it's been long enough that Corey, uh, that Sean comes and uh, comes looking for him, and the first thing he says is, Hey, man, you've been in here for an hour and a half. I feel like that can't be accurate. I feel like that he's exact. That's got to be hyperbole, right? But why would you say an hour and a half? Like, if I'm, oh, man, you've been in here for an hour. That's exaggeration. Hey, you've been in here for an hour and yeah, 15 minutes. I felt like that can't be true, because you can't be in someone's home bathroom no. for an hour and a half at a party out, with a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, because there's, you know, people are going to be like, number one, where's the cocaine? <laughs> Or number two, hey, did you hear about that party? Yeah, how was it? 
Corey was in the, in the bathroom, bathroom for, for an, an hour, hour and, and a half. half. By himself. By himself. Yeah. And when people walked by, he was like, you're so cool. Here's <laughs> to you, Corey. <laughs> so uh, I think he's a weird masturbator. That's what we're trying to say. <laughs> Master Baker. Master Baker. <laughs> so. Found so. a way to take the sugar out of whiskey. Uh, Sean sees the booze. Yeah. And. Even after an hour and a half, so little has been drunk that this this is technically very responsible underage drinking. So responsible. He's and like not having more than he should have for an hour. No. And Sean's basically like, I can't believe it's you and not me, honestly. Like, yeah. I can't believe you're drinking because I'm the bad friend, the bad influence friend with the leather jacket and the floppy hair and the clothes that don't fit. Like, right. that's supposed to be my role. And Corey says... You didn't want to be around Corey the Downer, so now that dude's gone, basically. Yeah. And instead of instead of Sean apologizing for that comment, he's like, No, you're right, this guy's much better. Yeah. He's like fan of this new Corey. They might as well just turn to the camera and be like, Booze works. (laughs) And then just credits. Right. Boy meets wow. Yeah, so Boy meets booze. Boy meets booze. Corey uh, does a hardcore uh, a full court press. To get Sean to drink and oh, yeah. like really keeps after it. It's like, you have to drink some. You should drink some. Why don't you drink some? Why and Sean goes through all the things this? you're supposed to say. Like, I don't need that to have fun. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And then fucking just drinks. Yeah. And then Corey rightly, like he finds the right button, which is he says, I'm the goody goody and I'm drinking and you're the bad boy and you won't be able to live with yourself if you don't try it too. Which inexplicably works because Sean says... I'm not falling for that peer pressure crap as, as he, he takes, takes a, a pull off the bottle. Yeah. So, they go, go back and forth taking shots and improving weird noises to indicate how gross they think the alcohol is. Yep. This was an inseparable sequence. It was not great. <laughs> it's, they might as well have just chewed into a microphone. But uh, then Corey says, I can't believe they don't sell this stuff to kids. And I thought that was kind of funny. That's fine. I got a chuckle out of that. And then we go to the streets. Yep. Uh, the real for a real Philadelphia streets. Yeah, exactly. That. <laughs> no, that's that's the Sarah McLaughlin song. <laughs> anyway, streets of Philadelphia, where these two kids are wandering around and doing fine. Yeah, they've almost finished an entire bottle. Yep. of whiskey <laughs> over the course of what must be like three or four hours. Right. So they've each had a bottle of whiskey, a half a bottle. A very small, like not it's airplane size, small. but just like the one size up from the airplane It's not size. even like that Like the big, back pocket size. Yeah, it's not even like flask sized. No. It's just, it's very tiny. So they're walking around super drunk, but way in control. Yeah, it turns out they peed on a police car somewhere back sure. in the... Both of them, them together. Right. And they are in the stage of like, I love you, man. I love you, man. Stage of drunkenness. Yeah. And they convince a guy outside the liquor store to buy them a six pack. He's so. listed as derelict. Derelict. He comes he out look of like a derelict. No, he's fine. Well, he's he's doing lottery scratchers. He is Chelsea. doing lottery scratchers. That's how you know. He comes out of all his other plans have failed. Yeah, he comes out of liquor store. And Corey is ready to go. He's like, you like lottery scratchers? How would you like five lottery scratchers of your own? Here's $10. You would think this man solicits, the Corey solicits older men to buy him booze all the it time. Is, it is a science. He almost has a fucking script. <laughs> Truly effective. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, that it's, yeah, this is the problem is they are sloppy, but they are not drunk. They're, they're just, it's, I don't know why they're just yeah. staying on the right side of like, they're having a great time. Yeah. And so Corey says, you know, in the middle of all this bromancing, I don't miss Topanga at all. Sean, you're the person that I can't live without. Da, 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 da. The guy buying the booze catches them hugging as they come out. Yeah. And we have, like we mentioned earlier, like a 
slight moment of Sean being like, well, now I'm embarrassed. What if that guy thinks we're gay? Like, yeah. quick pull apart. And then the guy says immediately, the next line is, my brother also has an alternative lifestyle. You're okay by me. So right. it's sort of this weird, like, mega joke, quickly take it back. Yeah. Weird. back. That's like, why how, make it to begin with? That's but, not how discrimination works. Yeah. Also, uh, worth noting in their, like, totally in controlness is they are following the liquor before beer never fear rule because yeah. <laughs> they asked this guy to get him a six pack of beer. I'm like, way to go, guys. You're doing great. But I'm also like, guys, you don't. I'm guessing neither one of you has ever had anything before tonight. So no. if you think that transit, like, you've drink, you've drunk only this one thing. If you now think beer and whiskey are gonna taste the same, like, I don't think they're prepared for the transition. It's I don't understand. I think they're only doing this so that they can both be drinking. Yeah, in so a they moment. can be toasting. Also, Sean does a sick handstand, and two girls reach puberty in the audience. <laughs> he truly does, just for fun. You know what you're really good at when you're drunk? Yeah. Handstands. And walking a little bit. Famously walking on your hands is super easy when they're, sober they're and easier when drunk. Audible gasps in the audience. <laughs> yeah. and, Woo! Um, so the boys are like, yeah, beers now. And they toast and they crack those beers, but the then fucking corner of an open fucking street. They're like, let's start drinking here. Every street is bourbon child. street. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then rut row, the squad card they peed on earlier shows up yeah. lights flashing. And I think it's Sean. One of them says, and I got to check a lot of this stand very still and we won't get in trouble. It's Corey <laughs> says that. That's not how yeah, trouble works. Not that's all. not police work. He also said some fucking Sean makes a sip joke. Which yes. is a character from NYPD Blue? Yup. Okay. Sean watches The Honeymooners. Sean watches NYPD Blue. Excuse me, officer. <laughs> can you validate this podcast? Uh, they shoot derelicts, don't they? God. So we get into Act 3. Uh, yeah, and cut back to the Matthews home. Yeah, we're fucking consequences being doled out. So. Yep. It's a weird beat to go to because we're only like halfway through this episode. It is because it feels like a, an inmost cave, but it's not at it's all. It's not. So we're just back at the house and Dad Allen is perp walking the two teens back into the kitchen, clearly having just picked them up from the police station. Yeah, this is the second episode I've ever watched. I fucking hate this dad. I can't stand him. I, I, maybe he's better in other other episodes, but he's mostly just kind of a jerky bully. It's, this is not his best episode. The funny yeah. thing is, I watched, before this, I watched the first episode of this season, because uh-huh. I was sort of like, it'll only take me 21 minutes, and I need to figure out where we are in time, sure. you know? And in the first episode of this season, he's going to have, the dad's going to have a talk with Eric, the older brother, and Sean and Corey are there, and Sean's like, I should go, and he says, no, stay your family. Like... Right, I feel so, like the one we watched was kind yeah, of, yeah. So like Sean has been very close to Corey. His parents have subbed in for Sean's parents at different times when Sean's uh, mom is never around. Sean's dad's kind of in and out. Right. So the fact that Alan and meet the dad immediately accuses Sean of being the bad influence who corrupted Corey. Mm. He's immediately like, "How dare you!" make my son drink da 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 I can't believe you're such a terrible influence and Sean just kind of takes it and then the the kids the parents leave the room because the mom's not not happy with how dad's handling this yeah He's about to punch this kid. That's, that's the problem. Right. And Corey says, "Sean, why are you taking the heat?" And Sean basically points out like, "I can't get in trouble." Like, yeah. we don't the charges were dropped 
from the police and I don't have parents that I live with or that anyone who cares and about he's like, me. like, you're always taking the rap for me. Let me take the blame this one time. And it's like, cool. Yeah. And he's like, people expect this from me. I'm the screw up. Well, let, let me just, logic. and I was like, that is fucking solid logic. Even when you're, when you're drunk, you can even solve moral quandaries. Right. I should point out though, that they're perfectly sober now. Seems like it. It seems like whatever happened, I mean, maximum probably two well, hours at the police station, but yeah. now they're totally sober. Well, they, later they're going to claim to still have been drunk at this point but whatever not that you can tell so the parents come back in and they declare that sean and Corey need to spend time apart and Corey is mad about this but sean's like sure thanks for coming to bail me out and he tries to leave but then Corey, mad at his parents tells the whole story of the night complete with the line i don't have a heart anymore to express his breakup with topanga yeah and he's like i made sean drink because i didn't want to be alone and he's like get out of my way sad kid sorry sean <laughs> Yeah, it's like nobody. Nobody's like, "Wow, you sound really upset." We should really we sit down should and talk see, about this. Yeah, do you want to talk to someone? Yeah, should we wake up Feeny? Like, what's going on? It fucking anything. Do you want another drink? I mean, just fine. Do whatever. <laughs> anything. No, but again, it's like we just gloss right through that part. Sure. It's, so Alan can turn around and apologize to Sean. Yeah, and uh. then like Sean and Corey say, "No more drinking." No more drinking. And I'm like, why do people do all 12 steps? You just need that one step. Yeah, poignant transition music. Yeah. You know what actually would convince you not to be drinking if you were puking your guts up in the front yard right or, now? Yeah. That's what stopped teenagers from drinking again. You know, if you <laughs> actually suffered the effects of anything. Um, yeah, because what is the moral here? You were temporarily embarrassed when you got picked up by the cops, but all the charges were dropped. Your parents are going to ground you temporarily. Like what? There's yeah. no. There's no reason to have a change of heart at this moment. No. And we'll find out that Sean doesn't actually have what? one. Um. So we're we're back in Feeney's class on what I assumed was Monday, but then apparently it's been a week. Uh, oh yeah, um, it's like the end of the next week. And there is no way on God's green earth the story of these two getting arrested has not spread all over school oh, yeah. in the real world they should be carried into this class on people's shoulders <laughs> right. but somehow uh, this story of their arrest walking distance from the party that yeah. everyone at school was attending has not has not been uh, I, you know spreading there's no time somehow. for that we've got to we've got to we've got to take a sharp left turn right you so know. Corey tries to explain his behavior to Topanga, and she's like, I don't care. And then she immediately gets mad, and Corey doesn't care that she doesn't care. And right. that's where we are with that relationship. We've um, established earlier that uh, Feeney has been teaching feudalism, and that's making yeah. everybody physically angry. <laughs> right. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's justified bullying. If, you know, if feudalism <laughs> makes you mad, push somebody in push a locker. Someone. So he gets back into feudalism, and Sean's like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, how about this no? This is boring. And I'm like, eh, it's fair. And all Corey, Topanga, and Angela all separately tell him to sit down. Yeah. And Sean's like, no, I want to learn about this. I'm not going to no, do see, it. You're slurring your words even a little bit. And he no, is completely sorry. in control. He's completely in control. And then he says, then he says to Topanga, why don't you stop being so crazy and sit on Corey's lap? What the fuck with Which that? Which doesn't get him kicked out of class, weirdly. Feeney's like, sit down. We'll talk about this at the end of class. And I think that's when he's like, I want to see you after class. Yeah. But I'm like, no, that's a that's, that's a complete, that's a get out of class line. Yeah. But then when Sean won't sit down, that's when Feeney's like, get out of here. Yeah, get out of this class. And behind him, like this whole time when he's talking about being bored, is a poster that says bored. And it's kind of like... <laughs> And it's got a basset hound on it, and it's like nothing to do. That. Read a good book, and I'm like, what the? F <laughs> who's, who's like, oh, put this up here. It'll really send a message. Hang in there. Hang in there. So Sean gets. I don't feel like hanging in there, Mister Feeny. 
Sean leaves. Corey follows, grabs his books, and is like, I'm going to go check on him. And Sean is kicked out of class and into the inmost cave. I may not come out alive, but I'm gone in there. <laughs> inmost cave. I'm going in there, the inmost cave. <laughs> so, you just do a bad dub over that. I'm going in there. Most cave. <laughs> <laughs> so back at Sean's unsupervised apartment. Yeah, Corey goes after him and just walks all the way to his house, I guess. Yep. And uh, Sean breaks out a beer. Immediately. Cracks a beer out of the fridge. And Corey's like, uh, hey, we agreed to stop drinking. And Sean's like, I've been drinking all week. You haven't noticed a thing. Yeah. And, you know, fucking fair point. Good job. And now we go into a little Sam Shepard, the high school version play. Man, I hear that in other episodes they switch parts. <laughs> This is the true Westiest life. John, like John C. Riley is Corey. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman is Sean. Um, yeah. So then they've got seventy-five toasters stacked up in the corner of the set. <sighs> Sam Shepard's Boy Meets West. Oh, there it is. Yeah, it's good. There um, it is. It was worth searching my brain and all of my theater history classes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then there's like, why are you drinking? He's like, because I like it, and also because shut up, and <laughs> if you worry about me, you won't think about Topanga. He just has like a list of excuses, yeah, and it'd be cool really if does. he just like landed on one of them yeah. and just stuck with that. Like, Also, because it makes me feel good isn't really the way you want to go with a, a very special episode. Right. You want to be right. like, because right. it feels amazing. Right. That you'll notice that doesn't come up very often in these. It's like. Also, what we need from Corey is a sentence like, yeah, I have noticed. Yeah. Like, you've been missing class. You've been screwing this up. We were supposed to hang out and you bailed. Like. There should be. Way any more sort constant. of like, oh, yeah, you haven't been handling your shit. You think you have, yeah. but you haven't. So now it's so time want, for the I Supreme Ordeal. details. Okay. No, go ahead. No, I also want to know how this kid is just getting fucking ripped all day, every day in class, out of class. Because this is, I'm assuming, near the end of the day in class. So he's just been drinking yeah. in school somewhere? Yeah, who knows? I don't know. A little flask? Who knows? You you want a troublesome flask shot in <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, something. Where he's like, he says something uncharacteristic and they're like, boy, Sean, you're acting weird this week. And they walk away and he just takes out a flask. Yeah. And, you know. Or, the hey, audience, we the were supposed goes, to meet Ooh. in the cafeteria an hour ago. Where were you? Oh, it's slipped my mind. You know, something. Like, anything. Yeah. Anything that shows the downside of being drunk at school. Or, you know, makes it seem like not a great idea. I mean, like, yeah, he went off on Mr. Feeney, but even that was just sort of like an exaggeration of his personality. Yeah, he already set up the fact that feudalism was fucking boring. Yeah. in the first, it's not... Yeah, it's it's just there, we're not hitting anything here. It's just so now we have this the climax of the episode, which yeah. weirdly is like all of the good ideas they had in the whole episode they shoved into this tiny section. Yeah, they shove it down this Lawrence's throat and he spews it over the okay. <laughs> entire scene. So what happens is Jack, who is Sean's formerly estranged half brother and now roommate, comes home. Their history is that Jack's they have the same father but different mothers. Jack's mother left their dad and Sean at first didn't want to have a relationship with him when right. he moved to Philadelphia to go to college. Cause he was like, you abandoned your mom, abandoned my dad, like to, for a month, like to hook up with someone with more money. And you're like a rich, rich kid. And I've had a hard life and I don't, mm. I, you're not my brother. You mean nothing to me, da, da, da. But then their dad was like, you guys should live together. I think it would be good for you to have a relationship. Sure. But Sean still has all of that, like 
simmering right under the surface yeah, when he interacts with Jack. So It's worth noting, by the way, just because I think it got uh, swallowed up a little earlier, after these two talk, when the brother comes home till the end of this scene, is definitely the supreme ordeal. Who will stop me? Out of my way, beast! Yeah. Excellent. A supreme ordeal. It does feel pretty good when you do it. <laughs> when like, you're the one who makes that happen. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so Jack comes in and he sees the beer and he's like, um, qu'est-ce You know, alcoholism runs in our family, right? And he's just, he's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. like, your dad has alcohol problems. I, it's as though we shouldn't even have this in our house. Right. It's like, but why? Okay. Also, like, you haven't opened the fridge in a week? Like, whose beers did you think those were? the fucking door of the fridge. Dougie's <laughs> even hiding it. So he, uh, and then he says. This kid's getting away with murder. <laughs> and then he says, and this is meant to be a reveal, because I think we didn't know this. Pre- pre- we knew that his dad was shitty previously in yeah. the series because he's, like, dropped out on him a bunch. Mm-hmm. But this is new information. Jack says, my mom left your dad because he was an abusive drunk. Yeah. And so Sean grabs Jack, and they start tussling, and he's like, don't you talk about my father that way. And they fall down <laughs> on the couch, just as Angela and Topang go interstage right yeah exactly and then this is yeah i wrote down there's a lot of drama here so much drama uh this is where he says drinking makes me feel good i don't have a problem then he shoves angela into a door door oh wait no hold on oh is there that's more that's like the end of the very end of this oh i think that the rest of it i i've summed up in there's a lot of drama here what am i missing so the girls come in and they're like, what's happening? You're drinking and Angela's horrified. And Topanga goes to Corey and she says, you were drinking? And Corey's like, yeah, you should have seen me. I was adorable. And she goes, I did see you. You weren't. Except he was. He like, was. Objectively, from the him. audience POV, he if, was the most adorable yeah. he's ever been at a and party. And if I can't trust Kimberly Sussman's taste in men, what do I, what do I mean? What are we doing here? Right. And Sean's like, hey, I don't have a problem. I drink because I like it. Simple. No problems here. Mm-hmm. Angela tries to says let's go talk about this out in the hall and i want to be like you're not qualified to handle like he needs a qualified individual unless there's like a guy with a net and a therapist out there (laughs) this is a bad plan so she tries to take his hand and bring him into the hall and he shoves her against the door yeah and angela and topanga beat feet out of there and they immediately leave and sean turns to jack and says how did that just happen and there's no laugh track no applause no music in the transition and i'm like thankfully okay now we have finally seen Something we've finally seen a person not completely in control of their yeah. actions while drunk. I think this is this is something we're going to find more and more with '90s special episodes. In the '70s and '80s, I think they have to walk you through the fact that these things are problematic. Right. I think by the time you get to the '90s, they're just assuming if you see booze, you know that it's problematic. Right. Like you are, the audience is on board with the fact that this is morally incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not telling a complete story here because the audience is coming in or they're, they're assuming the audience is coming in with the same moral compass. Right. Uh, for, for the, the theme of the episode. I feel like this little part could be excised and inserted into a much better done episode as it is. Well, yeah. Just cause it's, it's, to me, I, I like, this is something we haven't seen before where someone gets physically abusive with someone they care about and yeah. then is like, oh my God, what just happened? Like we talk so much about how 
no, everyone just says drugs are bad, alcohol is bad, but not mm-hmm. like what will what you might do yeah. on those under the influence of those things and right. how that could affect your life. Yeah, like what if they, their drinking had built to this moment? Yes. Like what if they had made incorrect decisions and been irresponsible and it ended up here? Right. Or this was part of the journey. And to do that, you've got to concentrate on Sean the entire time and you've got to start... Um, like, you, why? I understand you need to anchor it into Corey's, Corey and Topanga's thing, but. But that could happen so it. much quicker. Yeah, and what if it's just like. And then Corey could just, instead of sh- them getting caught by the police and all that, Corey could just puke his guts up and be like, well, I'm never drinking again. Exactly. And Sean, like, oh, me too. Or Fingers crossed behind my back. Sean's acting fucking weird the whole first act, and at the end of it, you realize that he's been drinking this whole time. Yeah. Uh, all we need before this is some negative impacts of drinking yeah. that lead to him, this physical altercation with his yeah, girlfriend. And you might want your characters to stop screaming, this feels great. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or it can feel great. It can be, yeah. it can be like, I feel great while they're fucking up their lives, you know? Exactly. That would be some, the more nuanced portrayal. Where it is, is where, where it lands is we don't have the full boogeyman effect like we usually mm-hmm. have, where we don't get any information about negative impacts, but we don't. This feels unearned. Like yeah. the the lead up to this little Boy Meets West playlet um, yeah. feels like we went from zero to 60. No negative um, repercussions to I'm a physically abusive drunk, like very quickly. Right. So uh, the actual resolution happens off screen. Yeah. Well, um, the reward consequences were meant to determine here are that Sean realizes he's not in control of his drinking and he needs help. Right. Uh, but we, we fast forward uh, to he's got everything all figured out, and now he's just going on an apology tour. Yeah, we're going to heal the community, return with the elixir very, very fast. Show me the way to go home. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. Elixir. <laughs> oh, that works really well. I drink about an hour ago. Yep, yep. And now I'm peeing on a, now I'm peeing on a cop car. <laughs> Sean goes over to the Matthews house to make amends with Dad Allen, which I don't really understand because they said sorry at the end of the last episode. Real weird, but you got to have them all in one spot. He's got to also apologize to Corey. Yeah. But it's weird that it starts out with, it seems like his only goal here is to apologize to Dad Allen. Allen's his name? Yeah. Whatever. He's on the making reparations section of the 12-step plan that he started yesterday. He's on the, the, the Gibson World Tour of, I didn't mean to do that, um, Mel Gibson. Oh, Mel Gibson. Yeah, so, yeah. And then after that, he goes to school the next day and gives an apple to Feeney. And Feeney's like, I just want to know that you're okay. And well, before Sean's- that, he's like, he's like, why? I don't want an apple. And he's like, all right, well, I'm very sorry. And here's $12. Yeah. And Feeney's <laughs> like, good. oh, okay. Um, but Feeney says, uh, I'm glad you're okay. And Sean reveals that he and Jack are going to go talk to a counselor about this, which kind, I'm like, excellent kind, move. Kind of. I would have loved. Qualified people should have been brought into this so long ago. Well, here's the problem is the line is we've decided to talk to a guy who will help us with this stuff. I need you to say counselor, therapist, okay. uh, somebody uh, with substance He's abuse. He's guy that lives downstairs from us. His name's Mel. Talk to this this guy. He's really into scratch-off tickets. <laughs> <laughs> he says that he can get us more beer. He's going to help us with this stuff. Uh, yeah. And and we spend a lot of time with him. Up, and this is the other problem with this this episode is he apologizes to Dad Allen, he apologizes to Corey, apologizes to Mr. Feeney, he even apologized to fucking Topanga, yeah. who was just kind of, you know, in the periphery. Right. And then Angela comes in, two sentences, done. Yeah, Angela comes in, 
granted, this was yesterday he shoved her against a door. Yeah, and now they're right back near a door again? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. She's like, he says, I don't like me when I drink either. And she says, good, because I sure like you when you don't. And, that's, and that. that's resolved. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no. Hey, I'll talk to you in a while. Right. When I'm done, you know, getting help I need for this shit. Yeah. Or... You know? Or I apologize. Maybe you're not ready. He to... does mention that he's called her a bunch of times, but you know, still, still, yeah. Even yeah, I've called her a bunch of times. She hasn't returned my messages. Fucking maybe you should leave her alone. Maybe you should just be like, hey, I'm sorry. I just want to tell you in person. I'm getting help. Bye. Yeah, I also don't know if we're meant to believe that after a week he has full blown alcoholism, or if it's no. just like, oh, I made some bad decisions. A bunch of them. This week, and I'm I've put it all behind me. Let's go back to the way things were. Maybe I don't. It's it's convoluted at best. But yeah. you know, don't don't worry. They're fucking talking to a guy about the stuff. Yeah, they're talking to a guy. And that's the goddamn end of that's the episode. The whole thing. That's all she wrote. Yeah, I didn't know exactly what to research about this, other than I found a t- 2017 study that compared teenagers from the 70s, 80s, and 90s with today's teens, and that said that. 18-year-olds now look like 15-year-olds once did, they said. I mean, kids are taking longer to do things like get driver's licenses, get jobs, mm. have sex, drink alcohol. Like, the, the rate of teen alcohol abuse has gone way down since the 90s. Sure. Well, we don't have to work in coal mines anymore, am I right? Right. So. They blame it on the internet, weirdly. Yeah. It said something about it. teens' social media and the internet. They don't drink as much. I don't know. I don't, I don't either. Interesting. But if you have a problem with drinking or just want to talk to someone, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, SAMHSA, has a confidential free 24-hour help and referral line for anyone who wants to talk about substance abuse or other mental health concerns. The number is 1-800-622-HELP, and I'll put the link to their website in the show notes. Sure. It's also worth noting that uh, you, if, if your family has a history of alcoholism and you feel like that might be something you want to discuss... Don't be ashamed to go out and start yeah. talking about it. There are, and there are also lots of help for people who have dealt with uh, struggles uh, with family yeah. who's had who have had substance abuse problems. Yeah, that it, there is definitely a genetic predisposition to addiction. However, I listened to a podcast recently where someone was like, "Anyone can become an addict. There is no sort of like, well, my genes predispose me to this, and my genes, sure. your genes don't, so it'd be harder for you." Like. Given the exposure and the right set of circumstances, anyone is susceptible to becoming an addict. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if you don't want to believe the, the genetic, then, you know, understand that having somebody else in your life or no, seeing I say, addiction. I don't no, no, no. I'm saying for, for the, the, the hypothetical, that hypothetical argument, it, you know, so, you know, that's fine. If, yeah. you, if you don't think so, that's cool. But, you know. It, it doesn't hurt to explore that if it's in your family. No, totally. The influence might be l- less genetic than just. Right. Well, what I'm know, saying is like there are people who are genetically more predisposed, but mm-hmm. it's not like no one is. It's not like anyone on earth is not at least a little oh, bit sure. predisposed. Yeah. Um, everyone can can fall prey to addiction. Um, Whether even, it be alcohol or sugar. I feel like two ways about this episode. Yeah. Because I feel like the first two thirds of it is Urkel at the party level. Alcohol makes me the coolest version of myself, Mm -hmm. which is the opposite of the message you are trying to send. Don't do alcohol. It works too well. It's so great. Your parents will be a little mad, but you'll be the most popular version of yourself. Oh, you break up with somebody? Drinking helps. 
And then the last third of the episode is Boy Meets West. And it's like, all my friends are worried about me. I lost control. I hurt someone I love physically, which is totally outside my personality. What is happening to me? Like, so when we talk about, would you show this to someone? I feel like maybe just that little playlet. I guess so. Out of contact. I don't know. I you show like- this whole thing. It's just, it's just muddled. It's just muddled. And, and you're not even sticking the landing. Like if you do like a convoluted episode like this, and then at the end you do a, you know, six at PSA where everybody's just like, hi. Yeah. We don't the get cast one of those. Means well, we're telling you don't drink. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> It's all of them clapping and pointing at the camera. Right. But. The weird thing is, well, I wonder from a writing standpoint, this to me smacks of we got a note, you know, of yeah. like, we turned in the draft and we got a note that was like, hey, this doesn't really, there's no ending. Like, this doesn't really land. Sure. Can you make the ending more direct? I, and then they be. came back with just this, then we just fixed this part and now it's a totally different show. It's interesting because the credits, you know, bear out that there's, this is the first time we've run into the credits that are... You know, that include the staff writers right. in the credits. I, I don't know if that's got anything to do with it, but it also does feel like there are more more hands on this than usual, yeah. and not you know directly working with each other. Yeah, it's not two writing partners. It's somebody wrote a story, and then two other people had to work on that story. So it might be just it right. might just have gotten confused somewhere along the way. Yeah, tonally, it's also a lot different. There are way fewer laughs than a normal episode of yeah. Boy Meets World. It's way more of a downer, kind of like Corey. Yeah, I'm kind of sick of this show too. <laughs> no, uh, it, yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine for what it's trying to do. The, the time period it's trying to do it just doesn't do yeah, it. Yeah, it's not it's not actively harming anyone. <laughs> nah. Um, Although, fucking, I don't care how boring you think feudalism is. You can't shove people around. <laughs> no, no. Maybe that should have been uh, part of this episode. Is like. Um, you know, alcohol. Yeah, that's the other thing is like, okay, well, if I shove somebody when I'm drunk, it's a problem. But if I shove somebody oh, yeah. when I'm just upset about the boring subject, that's fine. Again, that's like maybe the writer who wrote the last third didn't read the first two thirds and didn't yeah, realize that's what that Sean had like. already shoved somebody in the very first moment of or, the show. Or they're like, you know, you know what? I think people need to get shoved more often. <laughs> and then they got to know it's like, hey, we we can't we can't hold for applause after he shoves Angela into a door, so we need to change that a bit. So what if we just end the scene? Yeah, that'll work. All right, fine. Good. What if we make it like it's a bad thing? Uh, okay, oh, okay, I mean I can try. Sure. Yeah, all right. <sighs> but she is getting lippy. Uh, this has been a fun play about the writers who I'm sure didn't do any of this, <laughs> who are probably uh, standard decent people who right. are not fans of shoving women around. We forgot to give a. Letter grade to the sugar-free cookies. What do you, what do you want to give them? C? Yeah, it's fine. I feel like a lot of the letter grades are going to be C. It's just like, okay. <laughs> you did it a thing. didn't kill us. How do we wrap this up now? Uh, great question. Um, would I show this to people? No. Yeah, I wouldn't show this to people either. Who did I want to hug? Oh, great question. Hmm. Maybe the middle Lawrence? Maybe. I still think I'm hugging Topanga and being like, you've made the right choice. Yeah. Don't Don't, don't go back weak. to him. Yeah. Don't get weak. Yeah. Listen to that Lizzo song about not not calling. Oh, it was that Lizzo that did the I have rules about the thing. Probably. No, I think that's Taylor Swift. <laughs> Yapes. Listen, Listen to, to a, a bunch of Lizzo. Yeah. And, and stay and on your just own. Stay where you are. Make yeah. your hair tall. It's not what's gonna happen. Because Topanga, you're looking good as hell. <laughs> what did we learn? 
I learned more about the saga that is Boy Meets World. Yeah. I don't feel like that's really the intended answer to that question. What did we learn? Um, no, nothing. Yeah, really nothing. That that if you run into somebody with scratchers, that addiction is, is exploitable. Right. Uh, so, you know, if you're a kid out there and you run into somebody who's mad about them lottery scratchers, fucking... This would have been a perfect opportunity for him, for them to run into a wino, which I thought was about to happen. Good Lord. A what person a great whose idea. life is in the gutter because they can't control their addiction to alcohol. But no, that's a, not who they run into. There's even a dude in the background who looks like a fucking Frankenstein with a long white wig. And he's just hanging out back there. I'm like, what's this dude's story? <laughs> yeah, he looks like on. he's in the gutter. Yeah, come on. Maybe get a cautionary tale. Something. Up in here somewhere. You know, maybe makes this episode very special. Uh, no, I learned I, I, that Corey lives walking distance from uh, the woman who threw the party, Kimberly, because they walked home from the party. Oh, that's right. That's and they what I would learned. not have drink, drink and drove. Yeah, he says, I'm, I wouldn't drink and drive. I'm not an idiot. And his mom's like, you peed on a cop car, which, fair point, mom. Also, that's not a thing. I don't care how drunk you are as a dude. You just fucking, hey, you pee on that cop car. I'll go find my own cop car to pee on. <laughs> there are rules here. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, I don't know that I learned anything other than, yeah. um, more stuff about Boy Meets World. Hopefully we'll get another episode of Boy Meets World sometime in the future that does its job. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, so Andy, what are we going to watch next week? Next week, we are going back to the well of family matters. Our most covered sitcom. Most covered. <laughs> Just by <laughs> accident. Uh, we're watching the episode The Gun. This is season six, episode 15. And you can watch this whole series on Hulu. Yep. You might want to do it because there is, there's a lot to this episode. Yeah, seriously. All right. So we will see you next time. Bring snacks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hugging and Learning. If you want to visit us online, our website is huggingandlearning.com, where you can find links to all the articles we talked about today, as well as our post office box where you can mail us snacks. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and tell your friends about us. If you want to drop us a line, you can email us at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us about the experiences you've had with things we talked about. Or you can send us suggestions on which episodes we should do next. Our podcast is produced by Miles Pulaski, who also wrote our theme music. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. See you next time. Bring snacks. Hey, this is Andy. And this is Chelsea. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, a podcrap. 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 <laughs> I stepped in some podcrap. <laughs>